Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number two here on a terrific Tuesday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. Uh, great to welcome in our friends at Stadium right now. Stadium will simulcast us for the next two hours. So if you're watching us, uh, we got so much to do. We've got to make all of our heads spin. Trade deadline day in the National Football League. James Harden gets traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. We got a handicap week nine in the NFL. We'll talk Heisman Trophy as we move along. And we will, of course, give you all our bets for tonight as well. Uh, we did a lot on Harden in the first hour of the show. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk about Tyrese Maxey and like that maybe him in some award markets, mo- uh, most improved player. So we still have stuff to do as it regards James Harden getting traded to the Clippers. But if you want Ken Barkley's full breakdown, and it was hashtag fiery, it was good stuff, check it out in podcast form. We'll be up shortly. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, we'll get to... The Raiders and the Giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys, the Bengals and the Bills, the Chargers and the Jets coming up in a little bit. Greg Rosenthal from NFL Media joining us next hour. Drew Densick from NBC Sports joining us next hour, talking the National Football League and the NBA. But uh, pencils down, hands up. Uh, trade nice. deadline over in the NAS. No. <laughs> trade deadline day. Uh, it's come to an end here in the National Football League. So we'll, we'll wait to see if anything kind of like sneaks in. Um, basically as time expires, if we get any more trades in the NFL, um, we'll, we'll see. But for now, it looks like, Ken, the headlines are going to be Chase Young going to the San Francisco 49ers for a third-round pick, Montez Sweat going from Washington to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick, and Minnesota, in the wake of losing quarterback Kirk Cousins for the season to a torn Achilles, trading for one-time Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback Josh Dobbs. Uh, now it looks like Clayton Toon will be Arizona's quarterback coming up uh, against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Kyler Murray likely to be the backup quarterback. They'll have, they'll have to have a quarter, any other quarterback on the roster. So it looks like Kyler will be active, and Kyler will not be dealt, obviously, before the deadline. So, Sweat to Chicago, Dobbs to Minnesota, Chase Young to San Francisco. You touched a little bit on Chase Young, comeback player of the year, that market moving. Um, let, let, let's hit on it here. Ken, dealer's choice. From what we've seen at the NFL trade deadline, uh, what's tickling your fancy at this moment? Well, for first, why don't we just do uh, like the quarterback moves that impact the games this weekend, right? Because again, like sports talk, that's one thing. Actually betting on stuff, much different. And like there there were moves that were made that potentially impact games taking place this weekend, right? So we know Arizona, that Josh Dobbs won't be the starting quarterback anymore. We talked about this yesterday, that uh, Jonathan Gannon came out and said it was going to be Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray. Market moved in a way that seemed more likely to be Toon, honestly. Cleveland with PJ Walker, maybe is holding as an eight point favorite in that game. So again, like right when all these things get announced, 
like your first thought is like, all right, what's act, what markets are actually affected by this? Because there's some moves that are really interesting, but you just go look like like Montez sweat to the bears and ain't moving markets. Like that's not even though it's an interesting trade. So my first thought is always just going to be like, all right, like what's impacted by this? The Browns remain an eight point favorite against Arizona, so that's thing number one. And then I, honestly, I think the the more interesting one, just because we we have such little clarity on it, and because it really could go one way or the other. I know we were talking about this before the show. Are the Vikings definitely starting Jaron Hall from BYU at quarterback this weekend against Atlanta? Uh, so they make the trade for Josh Dobbs. We'd seen previously, like the Rams got Baker Mayfield. They sent him a copy of the playbook for the flight on the way to a game where they played the Raiders, and he ended up starting in the game, and they actually beat the Raiders in that game. Not that that's like how it's always going to go, but just, you know, Kevin O'Connell says, all right, like, yeah, Jaron Hall, like, likely to be the starter, but I don't think we're done. I think it's more like he's likely to be the starter because we don't know if Josh Dobbs can be ready in time. And if Josh Dobbs is going to be ready in time, maybe he starts the game against Atlanta. And that's a really important game. Like, honestly, that game, when we get to the end of the year, is probably for the seven seed in the playoffs when you just kind of look at what's going to happen with the rest of the standings. The Saints are probably a little more likely to win the NFC South than the Falcons are. So then you got your four division winners locked in and they can be whoever you want. The idea being the two wildcard teams we know would be either Philly or Dallas gets one wildcard spot, either San Francisco or Seattle gets the other wildcard spot. And there's one spot open and a bunch of bad teams that think they can get that spot. And of the bad teams, the two at the top of the heap are these two. And so this game is actually really important in terms of the standings. Who's going to start for the Vikings at quarterback? The market uh, initially when Dobbs was traded, this was so funny to watch this happen. Dobbs gets traded to the Vikings and the market on the Atlanta, Minnesota game drops. Minnesota gets bet because I like, oh maybe Dobbs is going to be ready by Sunday. Like that's a lot better than Jaron Hall. So it was five, four and a half, couple fours. Then O'Connell's like, actually, Jaron Hall is likely to be the starter. And we go back up again, <laughs> four, four and a half, five, couple five and a halfs on the board. No one knows. This isn't like Vegas knows. Nobody knows. We're going by the publicly available reports. So I think just those two games. Definitely Clayton Tune for the Cardinals. Seems like it. And then Jaron Hall for the Vikings, question mark. Uh, just based on the trades today, like those are the two games that are impacted, I'd say the most. Uh, the quote is the Vikings are preparing Jaron Hall to start in this game. I bet they are. My, yeah. my senses is that if they feel like Dobbs is even, like, semi-competent, I think Josh Dobbs is going to start for the Vikings. Um, and it's like, it, it doesn't matter for a betting conversation for this weekend. I think it's a pretty brilliant, like, stopgap trade for Minnesota, where if things kind of go poorly and, like, they're they're losing games with Dobbs, just bench him and play Jaron Hall and, like, lose out and, like, try, try to tank for, like, a better draft pick. Or... Maybe, like, Josh Dobbs is good, and maybe they get the seven seed. And, like, I think they kind of owe it to the players in the locker room after winning three straight games and losing Cousins to kind of see this out. Also worth noting, not for this week, but as we kind of project this forward, what this is going to look like, Ken, the race for the seven seed at the bottom of the NFC, it was kind of, like, snuck into, like, one of the videos tweeted by uh, by NFL Media's Ian Rappaport today, where it's a video kind of about, like, the Josh Dobbs trade, and he says in the video, Justin Jefferson's going to be back sooner rather than later. And I was like, that, that to me was the most interesting thing in that video because when Jefferson first gets hurt, it's okay. Like Minnesota season may be spiraling down the drain here. Jefferson didn't get the contract extension he wanted. Kind of like what's the impetus for Jefferson to kind of rush back from this injury, risk re-aggravation of the injury. But now like if they're if they're in the thick of the playoff hunt, like I, I actually think like he, and, and, and Rappaport saying it, right, that he's going to be back sooner rather than later, making this, like you said, Ken, to your point, a really high leverage game coming up on Sunday um, in Atlanta. I, 
I think it's almost certainly going to be Taylor Heineke going for the Falcons. Arthur Smith kicked the can down the road yesterday saying, oh, yeah, we'll talk about it later in the week. To me, that means he's making a change. We also talked about this yesterday. He hashtag benched Desmond Ritter on Sunday despite what anybody says. I think this is going to be Heineke. Maybe like 51% Jaron Hall, 49% Josh Dobbs. It would not okay. surprise me if it's Dobbs. Where do we sure. stand right now, Ken, with the market in this game for the Vikings and the Falcons coming up on Sunday? So I, as I mentioned, Dobbs gets uh, traded. There's an initial uh, bullishness on the Vikings because they potentially acquire a quarterback who's much better than Jaron Hall. We haven't seen Jaron Hall play a lot, but like, you know, average expectation, you know, Josh Dobbs is going to be a little bit better, at least this week. And, uh, and then once it's like, Oh, actually, we're preparing Jaron Hall to start. Then the market kind of goes back up again. So the consensus price right now on the Falcons is basically uh, that they are a five-point favorite. MGM is five and a half, but juice toward Minnesota. Five is really like a dead number. Like you can have four and a half and five and a half at two different books at the same time, and that's not bizarre. That's just actually kind of like, fine because all all that could happen is someone would bet both sides hoping the game landed five which by the way happens like almost none of the time so it's okay for those two numbers to exist we're really just like in the dead zone between four and six on the game and i think that's where we're going to stay for a little bit curious if arthur smith announces heineke what happens is there a bump at all remember we're already at a pretty high number right now and when it's confirmed who the Vikings starting quarterback is like o'connell says it's jaron hall dobbs isn't ready what happened what happens then right because it's like now you got like not you know how do i want to describe jaron hall like not you know not a, a a top 10 pick type talent rookie quarterback on the road in his first start doesn't mean he can't be great just the market is not going to expect that and the market's going to expect him to be bad and so do you get even more movement toward atlanta that that's probably the interesting part of this game for now it's worth noting uh the total in the game opened low, like opened 38, 37 and a half. Obviously, some of these scoring games this year have been brutal. And totals have really moved a lot so far. It's not like a half point with all this kind of swirling uncertainty. Already a pretty low number. Obviously, indoors won't be one of the games impacted by weather like some will be this weekend. So, yeah, I think both side and total are very much in flux in this game. And the trade deadline, rather than like answer the questions for us, I think it actually made the game much more interesting. You better, you better. Here with Nick and Ken. Terrific Tuesday. Talking trade deadline in the National Football League. It doesn't look like we saw any trade sneaking at the buzzer. We'll let you know if any, if anything has happened. But I think we hit you with all the big ones. We just talked about Dobbs to Minnesota. Let's talk about the two Washington trades now. Yeah. How it impacts the market for the game coming up on Sunday on the road at the oh, Patriots. Yeah. And if it kind of like, does it make you like kind of feel differently about the Commanders uh, over the course of the rest of the season? So, you know. Fox Sports NFL insider Jay Glazer saying on the NFL on Fox on Sunday morning that Washington likely to trade at least one of their three stud defensive linemen with Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and Jonathan Allen. Well, at least turned out to be pretty prescient because they traded two of them. Chase Young goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Montez Sweat goes to the Chicago Bears. And not that we needed anyone to say this, but they did say it, and it's obvious Uh, that ownership was heavily involved here. The commanders obviously have a new owner in Josh Harris replacing Dan Snyder, and they're trying to put their stamp on this football team, look to rebuild. I I think this kind of makes it really likely that Ron Rivera is kind of out the door, new coaching staff next year, and this is going to be like a full-scale rebuild. I don't think Howell is is like who Harris sees as the quarterback of the future, so I think we'll see a a vastly different Washington team uh, next year, and we could talk about like what Chase Young does for the Niners. I don't know if Montez Sweat really moves the needle for the Bears as far as I got from a betting perspective, Ken, but just in terms of Washington for this Sunday's game on the road at the Patriots, and then as you kind of conceptualize Washington over the course of the 
the rest of the year, where it is being described by Diana Rossini from The Athletic, among others, as everyone in like the building except for ownership wanted to keep these guys and see how this and play the season out and the ownership ownership was the was what made the call to trade both of them uh what do we have here at the betting market for the commanders and patriots does it make you want to do anything and then again, how do you kind of like think about washington over the course of the rest of the year uh depressingly because uh i obviously have like an overwind total bet on them and it's too bad too because it's so funny right you go back like four weeks ago You've been like, oh, like, give me, you know, I have a lot of win total bets and some of them are doing fine. But it's like, oh, give me two win total bets that you have like four or five weeks ago or maybe like three, four weeks ago. And I would have said, oh, I got like uh, I got Washington over six and a half. Oh, that's a pretty low number. Like they're they look pretty good. Like you you might be OK there. Like you might be a 500 team this year. Uh, give me one other. So that one would be one that was looking good a few weeks ago. They'd be like, give me one other one you have. I'd go, well, I got Niners under 11 and a half. Be like, well, you're dead. No way that's going to win. Like they're such a they're such a good team. There's like no way you're going to get. And now. Like, oh, oh, how the tables have turned on those two bets where, yes, the Niners get Chase Young, but like they've also lost three games in a row and are very likely to finish with a record like 11 and five or something like that, which would go under an 11 and a half win total. And uh, and now the commanders, you just look at the schedule and you read what you're reading about the team and look like, yeah, this is and the market's responding to the player's absence on Sunday as well. We'll do the game in a second. Just like, yeah, it, they're they're worse. And like, that's obvious, like they're losing two of their higher value players at a premium position. One of the few things that the team was actually good at, and you've gutted that. So they're going to be worse over the balance of the season. I don't think that's breaking any news. I also don't think there are any bets to make. They do not strike me as a team who already have three wins, right? Are they three and four right now? Three and five? What are they? Three and five? Something like that. Uh, Three and five. Like they already have three wins. This is sort of like with Minnesota, if they didn't make a trade for a quarterback, number one pick which is like a market obviously available. Like that seems out of the question, just like three wins already is going to be a little tough. Arizona's got the inside track for that big time, uh, multiple games ahead in that market. Carolina would be more likely to get the, to at least have the worst record. Um, and, and, you know, like, uh, you know, that's usually the way the market is framed is who's going to have the worst record. So you can't really bet that the updated win totals are going to be bottom of the barrel, you know, like they're going to be four and a half and five and a half as they keep losing games. You know, the cat's out of the bag. You're, you're not getting any value on under there. We already know that they traded the players. So I don't think there's an actionable thing like Washington the rest of the season. It just, again, like the seven seed was wide open. We just talked about Atlanta, Minnesota. This removes the team probably from contending for that seven seed and makes it more likely. Like you can't like Washington had three wins. They, they were just as live for the seven seed as anybody else. You remove them probably, which makes things more likely that Minnesota makes it as the seven seed or that Atlanta or New Orleans, whoever doesn't win the NFC South uh, makes it as the seven seed or the Rams. If Stafford's really going to play every single game and he's going to be okay, we'll see about that too. So it removes the contender for the playoffs. Maybe that makes the other teams more likely to make it. That's it for season long, just for the game really quick. What do you think happens? It's like it would be like if they got declared out with injuries, right? Sweat's not playing. Young's not playing. What do you think's going to happen? The Patriots were a three-point favorite. Now they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite everywhere. And I know that sounds, oh, a half point? Like, that's it? That's a really, really significant move with three being the most key number in the NFL. And we have low totals everywhere on the board. Like, that's that's big. And uh, I don't know if it makes me want to bet anything like right away, but I'll be curious if the narrative about Washington combined with the absences like drives this number out even further because like no one will now want Washington in the game with the perception of what's happening. And that would create maybe an interesting opportunity to bet them. I don't think we're there yet, but I think we could get there. Uh, I said on the show yesterday, I laid two and a half with the Patriots just trying to get ahead of a potential move. I, I think I'd be interested in middling three in this game with the Patriots and the Commanders. Uh, 
I guess like there's really like from the Bears' perspective, there's not much here. It's great, they trade for Montez Sweat. More of like know, an interesting like a real life thing as opposed to like sure. oh, does it make them like more likely to win games? Like, pro- probably not this year as long as especially with Tyson Bajan starting. Um, they're seven and a half on the road at New Orleans on Sunday. I'll say this: Joe Shane, Giants general manager, getting a second round pick for Leonard Williams and a future fifth with the compensation we saw today for Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Tip of the cap to you, Joe Shane. Hasn't been a great season for the Giants GM, but that that's a hell of a heist that Joe Shane got for Leonard Williams. On the other side, not trade-related, but we got news from the Titans-Steelers game on Thursday night. We'll talk about it next. You better you bet with Dick and Ken.